It's January 19th, and you're listening to Born on This Day. I'm Marco Timpano. And I'm Bill Antoniou. And Bill, happy National Popcorn Day to you. Oh, happy National Popcorn Day to you, Marco. This one's a big yeah. one for me. Oh, is it? Yeah. See, I hate popcorn. Why? Uh, I worked at a movie theater when I was young, and I think just the fact that <laughs> I was kind of surrounded by it, and there's something about making microwave popcorn at home, there's a smell that is released from it yeah. that I, I feel sick when I when I smell it. I don't like microwave popcorn at home. If I make it at home, I'm, I like to make it uh, old school style, like Greek ant style in the, uh, the pot. Oh, um, that's the best. In a big metal pot? Yes. And so there's like... Yeah. Bits that get burnt on the bottom. Yes, because okay. even that's better than when you buy those at-home popcorn makers, um, where it just tastes like a vacuum cleaner after. But um, <laughs> I also do love the smell of the popcorn machines at the movie theater. It just it reminds me of where I love to be. Okay, so that's a good question. I know I'm going off topic here, but Bill, you are a, a big movie buff. Mm-hmm. You like to go to the cinema, as I like to call it uh-huh. still. Yeah. So what accoutrements do you bring with you when you walk into the theater to watch? Oh, nothing. I'm there to spend, Marco. I I go to the concession stand. It has happened far too often that that the uh, popcorn combo has replaced dinner, uh, which I always regret, but I I sign up for it again every time. Now, are you like, uh, I don't want to point fingers, but like, (laughs) let's say like our other co-host who likes to get um, peanut M&Ms and throw them into her really strongly buttered popcorn. No. So no, th- I think that's, uh, I don't want to be too judgmental, but I think that that's, um, I think that that's just unholy. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I, I like the salt savory of popcorn and sure. sometimes I will have a sweet thing for after, but I don't like to mix the two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. All right. Well, listen, if you're born today on National Popcorn Day, otherwise known as January 19th, your personality is characterized by intelligence, discipline, and loyalty. Mm -hmm. Your mind is one of the greatest tools and you use it effectively to solve problems and meet challenges. Your strong mind is met with equally strong discipline and attention to detail. And uh, Bertie also told me, or this show told me yesterday, that it was Lucy's birthday, and I wasn't on the show to be able to wish her a happy birthday. Um, I'm sorry about that, Bill. You know what? It's fine, because she did get Falcon Crest canceled, as we have previously established. So, you know, it's a mixed bag for me. Like, I love her, but she also causes me problems in life. Um, but, uh, you know, she is our dear friend, uh, yes. the, um, the pandemic has, has touched her personally in a way that, um, makes me just want to tell her that, uh, we're thinking about her. I'm thinking about her and I love her and I hope she's very, very well. And that she had, despite what a January she's having and we're all having, I hope she had a very happy birthday. You know, Bill, I found it really surprising to know that she is the silhouetted images that get shot out of the gun at the beginning of the James Bond films. That's true. Yes, that's right. She actually is the model for all the Bond girls. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And uh, sh- should we also shout out her show? Or no, I guess we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. No. But I will say this. In honor of her birthday, Amanda and I watched Passion Fish. Oh, which- is very different than Rumblefish, yes. Bill. Did you actually watch it? We did. We did. The other night, we're like, okay, you know what? We talk about Passion Fish. Either we're going to watch an Isabel Hubert movie mm-hmm. for Bill. Oh, or we're going to pronouncing watch... it correctly for the first time. <laughs> it's Lucy's blessed birthday after all. <laughs> or we're going to watch Passion Fish. And I, I kind of wasn't in the mood to watch anything too um, 
cerebral yeah. to too action oriented like many of Isabella Hubert's movies uh-huh, are. Uh-huh. So we decided to go with Passion Fish. Yeah. Did you like it? You know what? It was the right movie at the right time. Oh, it always is, day, though. I've seen that movie a hundred million times. It's never caught me at the wrong on the wrong day. You know what, Bill? I think any other day I would have been, this movie's not about anything. Nothing's really happening. But when you're in the mood just just to watch great performances and not worry about plot like being so heavy driven or like action to take place, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, and it's a testament to uh, uh, how good, like when you create characters that well, that you can literally just watch them watch the grass grow and it's fascinating you know like the two yeah. of them together and um the also it's a surprisingly very funny movie which a lot of people don't expect mm-hmm. uh, when they see it and it just has all these brilliant moments when that actress gives her nine minute monologue about the anal probe i think that's just yes. one of the most genius things i mean that movie i don't know i i don't want to waste everyone's time because i could talk about that movie for hours sure so i will go off mic with amanda about it to see what she thought about it and leave it at that but uh, Def- definitely yeah. ask anna about the uh, amanda about the uh, anal probe because she has <laughs> she has a lot to say about that i bet she does yeah. <laughs> oh man happy right. birthday lucy i hope you happy enjoy birthday, that we lucy. ended it with anal probe yes but... and uh, enjoy passion fish for your birthday since that's about as good as it could possibly get this year <laughs> All right, uh, but celebrating a birthday today, first up, we do have one of my favorites on this list. Um, that's Katie Segal, who may have made appearances on episodes of Columbo and The Bold Ones and the films Made to Order and The Good Mother, but she became a household name when she took on the iconic role of Peg Bundy on the surprise hit dark humor sitcom Married with Children, which lasted from 1987 to 1997. I didn't realize it went on that long. Oh, yeah, it went on forever. It's still what she's best known for, though she's had terrific success on other shows since, on the show's Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, Boston Legal, as the voice of Leela on Futurama, and on Sons of Anarchy, for which she won a Golden Globe Award. Most recently, she was on Shameless, Dead to Me, and The Connors. She was born on this day in Los Angeles in 1954. She is great. I really like her. Me too. Uh, like... And and was it? And do you remember when she was on um, the John Ritter show there? Uh, Twelve things about dating my daughter. Yes, Wasn't I she mentioned on that? that? Yeah, I just mentioned. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, we got to bear today. We did. We we can only expect so much from you today, Marco. Listen, so I was while you were talking about that, I was trying to practice saying Aronofsky because uh-huh. that's coming up, yeah. and I know I'm going to get it wrong. So a lot of my time is like <laughs> trying not to get words wrong. Right. Uh, Anyways, I, I won't go on with, with Katie Segal other than to say she's great. She is. And whenever you see her without her Peg Bundy getup on, you don't recognize her. It's true. Yeah. It's tr- so true. Logan Lerman made his debut in the Mel Gibson film The Patriot when he was eight, going on to appear on the series Jack and Bobby before starring in the Percy Jackson adaptation in 2010 and uh, the young adult favorite The Perks of Being a Wallflower. He co-starred in Darren Aronofsky's Noah, and this year was on the series Hunters. He was born on this day in Beverly Hills, California in 1992. Marco, there's not enough you can say about Dolly Parton, and there's probably very little you don't already know. Oh my God, Bill. We are here. We are at the Mecca. Okay. I got the Dolly Parton book for Christmas. Oh, yeah. And I haven't even op- haven't even peeled the plastic from it because I feel like I need to be 
in a sacred space at a sacred time to to read it. I'm just like I'm like I just got to be totally committed to this. I cannot be distracted. But well, she's she's amazing. She is the best. And as you already know, she was one of 12 children born to farmers in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. She left for Nashville after graduating high school and worked on succeeding in the music business, which I would say she did. Having already recorded a few records and sung on radio shows beginning when she was 12 years old. I believe she had an uncle in the music business, something like that's that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Before long, she was a national hit with songs like Dumb Blonde and Just Because I'm a Woman and co-hosted the television show with longtime collaborator Porter Wagner. In the 70s, she had her first major crossover hit with Here You Come Again. And in 1980, went Hollywood with her first film, Nine to Five, for which she was nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Song. Among the hundreds, if not thousands, of songs she has written are also Tennessee Homesick Blues, My Tennessee Mountain Home, which is a favorite of mine, Jolene, yes, yep. mm-hmm. and of course, I Will Always Love You, which she wrote about the end of her relationship with Wagner, and which became one of the biggest hit singles of all time when it was covered by Whitney Houston for the film The Bodyguard in 1992. Parton also starred in the films The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. It's just a little bit of piss and country plays. Uh, Rhinestone, Steel Magnolias, Laughter Through Tears is my favorite emotion. Uh, Straight (laughs) Talk and Joyful Noise with Queen Latifah. Currently, she's enjoying success with a series of television specials based on her songs. And until the pandemic began, was still touring to sold out crowds, including twice to me. And if that is not enough, she is the head of a charity organization that provides free books to children around the world. And it was recently revealed that the money she donated for COVID-19 research went toward the creation of the Moderna vaccine. St. Dolly was born on this day in Sevierville, Tennessee in 1946. Okay. Couple of things. Yeah. First of all, Anyone listening to this podcast, you need to listen to Dolly Parton's America. It's another podcast, whether you're a fan of hers or not, because it is truly a great podcast about a great subject. Uh, Second of all, Bill, what university does she claim to go to in the television movie uh, Straight Talk? That's not a television movie, but I don't remember. Sorry, sorry. Remember, uh, what's his name? James Wood. Wood. Uh, there's a talk show host that says, "Oh yeah, so no. Doctor, what university did you go to?" And yeah. she goes, "Screw you." <laughs> oh God, bless her. I like that movie, but I haven't seen it since around oh, the time it was sure. a relatively new movie. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. sure. And didn't uh, Barry Manilow write "Here We Come Again"? I he might have. Yeah, yeah. He might. I have. think he did. And one of my favorite covers ever done by any artist is Dolly Parton's version of, I think, of Shine by, um, oh, they just dropped out of my mind. Um, uh, uh, yes, I know. Counting Crows? Yeah. Counting Crows, I think. Yeah. Is it Counting uh, Crows? Uh, mm. Whoever it is. It's a but great her song, version, yeah. She's give just amazing. Give me There's so many songs. I mean, Orange Blossom Special. Of course, I didn't mention Code of Many Colors, which is like her signature song. And sure. the existence, of course, of Dollywood, which is the reason why um, Tennessee is like not the poorest state in the South, uh, which I visited a couple of years ago and had a wonderful time. She's generous. She's lovely. She's yeah. a great talent. Uh, you cannot um, discount her as a business person. Yeah. In fact, one of the things that people say about her, which I love, is, you know, you think you're going into a business meeting with Dolly Parton, but you're going in there with a shark. Yeah. And when they made the deal for Dollywood, the people who went to make that deal thought, oh, this is going to be all glitz and tits and we'll have her where we want her. And they 
they said our jaw dropped to the floor on how uh, what a business savant she is. Yeah, so she showed up her, in the yeah. business that way because, of course, there's oh, also yeah. the famous story of Elvis Presley wanting to work with her, but telling her that if they wrote songs together, he would get full credit. And uh, she said, Elvis, I think of my songs as my children. I expect them to take care of me when I'm old. And <laughs> um, and so she said, no, she didn't end up working with him. Oh, yeah, man. And also well, when she was asked if she would pursue a career in politics, she said, there's already enough boobs in the White House. <laughs> oh, man, I have a feeling we're going to hear quotes from her throughout yeah, this episode. Yeah. Well, anyway, there was one person that you and I were going to do a Bill and Amanda style deep dive on. It was going to be Dolly Parton. Well, you know what? I specifically made sure that I reserved this show for you because right. I just didn't trust my wife enough to cover <laughs> Dolly the way she needed to be co- covered. Um uh, a ten- my Tennessee mountain home is is a gift to the world. Oh, I have to say, just the beginning, the sitting on the front porch yeah. on a summer afternoon. Oh man, with a straight back leg. I don't. I never remember the words anymore. Leaned against the wall in my Tennessee mountain home. You can just go on. I'm gonna keep singing. Yeah, life Listen, that's is great. peaceful as a baby's side. That's off the album Little Sparrow. If you don't have it, it should be in your collection. And thank you for listening to uh, Dolly Parton is born on this day. Okay. In my Tennessee mountain home. She's actually playing the banjo in this version of the song. Okay. <laughs> Tippi Hendren was a model plucked out of obscurity by Alfred Hitchcock to star in his 1963 film, The Birds, the first movie he made after the magnificent success of Psycho. Much like his carefully crafted films, Hitchcock saw Hedren as an opportunity to mold someone unknown and unstudied into his exact idea of a heroine. But his controlling uh, and, um, you know, his abusive, abusive treatment of her saw their relationship end halfway through the filming of their second collaboration, Marnie, during which they only communicated to each other through intermediaries until shooting was completed. Marnie gets mentioned so much, Bill. Is that any good? It's okay. It's not a favorite of mine. Okay. But okay. Uh, yeah. Well, it's she good. didn't make an she didn't make another film until Countess in Hong Kong by Charles Charles Chaplin three years later. But as Hedron describes it, Hitchcock success successfully destroyed her career, but didn't destroy her life, and she considered that a victory. She continued to appear in a handful of films and shows throughout the years while devoting much of her time to her animal rescue organization, the Roar Foundation which at one point included her raising a pet lion in her home. She turns 91 today and is still working, and she was born on this day in New Ulm, Minnesota in 1930. Her real name is Natalie. Uh, Tippy is a nickname because Tupsa is, I think, the word for a little girl in Swedish or something. something Oh, I I had no idea she was still alive. Yes, and Melanie Griffith, her daughter, posted a photo of her on Instagram recently, and she's also still perfectly beautiful. Uh, yeah, and her, you got I was going to just say you got to give it to Swedes, eh? Yeah, and her pet lion was named Neil. Okay, <laughs> like he was going to enroll in a computer class or something. She needed to give him a proper <laughs> name. <laughs> this is Neil. Uh-huh. Yeah, Drea De Matteo studied directing at the Tisch School of the Arts, but soon found herself drawn to acting, making an unforgettable debut as Adriana on the HBO series The Sopranos. At first a guest, but thanks to her chemistry with Michael Imperioli, soon became a regular on the show. 
The role earned her an Emmy Award, and she followed it by co-starring with Matt LeBlanc on the Friends spinoff Joey, before appearing on Desperate Housewives, Shades of Blue, and A Million Little Things. Jesus, it's like she didn't want to stay successful or something. She was born on this day in New York City, New York, in 1972. She was like, once I is enough. She... I, once is enough. I don't need any more. That's enough. I don't need any more. She's got such a particular look and sound that I don't think it's... Uh, but it's a yeah, popular think... look, like uh, playing like um, a badass, gum-chewing, uh, Italian-American type girl like that. Like, come on. You tell me that You're Tina right. Fey couldn't write a role for her on 30 Rock? Please. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, Luke McFarlane graduated from Juilliard's acting program, starring on the series Over There, before having a breakthrough role as Matthew Rice's boyfriend. Did I say that? Rice? Reese. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Matthew Rice's boyfriend on the network series brothers and sisters. Since then, he has appeared on The Night Shift, Killjoys, and the films A Shoe Addict's Christmas, Just Add Romance, and A Valentine's Match. He was born on this day in London, Ontario in 1980. Damien Chazelle is the Wunderkind director whose 2013 short film Whiplash led to a feature film version a year later, the full-length version winning three Academy Awards and earning a Best Picture nomination. His next film, the 2016 musical La La Land, won Chazelle an Oscar for Best Director, and he followed it with a 2018 Neil Armstrong biopic, First Man, which also won an Oscar. This year, he directed two episodes of the show The Eddie and was born on this day in Providence, Rhode Island in 1985. Shelley Fabreas began tap dancing at the age of three, made her professional film debut at the age of 12 in the Rock Hudson film Never Say Goodbye, and became a teen idol as the daughter of the wholesome TV show The Donna Reed Show. As a singer, she had a number one hit with the song Johnny Angel in 1962, then in the 80s was nominated for two Emmys for her role on the sitcom Coach, on which she appeared for eight years. She played a voice on the animated Superman series in the mid-90s and then returned following a liver transplant and she retired, near... not returned. Oh, sorry. So I thought she returned to Superman. She retired following a liver transplant and near-fatal hepatitis. Wow. She was born on this day in Santa Monica, California in 1944. Johnny Angel, Johnny Angel, Johnny Angel, you're an angel to me. Uh, best used in the movie Mermaids with Winona Ryder and Cher. And Cher, yeah. right? Yeah. And Bob Hoskins? Yes, of course. Oh, look out. Look Another out. movie I have seen more times than I could possibly tell you. I saw I saw it when it was out and I hated it back then. So, Well, Marco, you know, uh, listen, you hate a Cher movie. It's how we knew you were going to marry a woman. Your, <laughs> your mother breathed a sigh of relief. Though I never saw Silkwood and I hear it's really good. It is really good. Yeah. Okay. I need yeah. that. That needs maybe it's going to be Isabella Hubert tonight or Silkwood. <laughs> You're slipping. We'll You're slipping. Now you've gone back to Hubert. <clears throat> oh. All right. Jodie Sweetin is best known for her years on Full House as Stephanie, the second child of Bob Saget's Danny Tanner, which played which she played for the show's entire eight-season run. She went on to appear on Hollywood Darlings, her career almost derailed by a meth addiction that she says she finally kicked in the late 2000s, before coming back with the Hallmark films Entertaining Christmas and Merry and Bright. In 2016, she reunited with her childhood classmates, uh, castmates, excuse me, on the Netflix reboot Fuller House, which is now in its fifth season. Jesus, someone's watching that? Anyway, she was born on this day <laughs> in Los Angeles in 1982. I think she's my Facebook friend. Oh, okay. Well, I think she friended, she or I friend hard her. Time, Marco, it makes sense. I know. She would be scraping the bottom of that barrel. 
Listen, when you can catch someone when they're getting off their addiction, that's the best time to become friends with them. All right. Rob Delaney is an American comedian, actor, writer, and activist, best known as the co-star and co-writer of the show Catastrophe, co-starring Sharon Horgan. Never heard of it. Don't know who Sharon is. He first came to the attention on Twitter as one of the first comedians to use social media to publish jokes on the forum, gaining himself 1.2 million followers in the progress or in the process, I should say. He has written articles for Vice and The Guardian and published the book Rob Delaney, Mother, Wife, Sister, Human, Warrior, Falcon, Yardstick, Turban, Cabbage in 2013. Last year, he was in the film's bombshell and last christmas and was born on this day in boston in 1977 i can't believe that guy's the same age as me who who is this guy in oh uh, you'd know him uh, if you bombshell. saw him oh, okay. i can't remember who he played i don't think he had a very big role um okay he uh catastrophe is actually the last thing that um carrie fisher appeared in. she played his mom on oh. a few episodes of that show and uh sharon horgan you would know as well if you saw her she's very funny she co-created that show divorce with sarah okay. parker yeah she's in that movie game night too Mm -hmm. Sean Wayans is the ninth of 10 siblings. I had no idea there were that many of them, most of whom are famous figures in television and film and who came to prominence on the sketch show in living color on which Sean also starred. I always just thought of him as the cute one. He co-wrote and starred on the sitcom, the Wayans brothers with Marlon and starred in the films. Don't be a menace, scary movie and white chicks. He was born on this day in New York city in 1971. Guy Madison entered the Coast Guard and, while on liberty during the war, attended a radio broadcast where he was spotted by an executive for David O. Selznick. He was immediately cast as a sailor in Selznick's wartime production, Since You Went Away, and returned to duty. But there were enough letters sent to the studio about his one scene in the film to merit his being drawn into Hollywood contract at the end of the war. Starring in Drums in the Deep South, the Command and The Last Frontier, later on television series like Adventures of Wild Bill Hickox and the films Hell in Normandy, The Pacific Connection, and The Hughes Mystery, all of which I have never even heard of. <laughs> he made his last film in 1988 and then retired, dying in 1996 at the age of 74. He was born on this day in Pumpkin Center, California in, 1920, in 1922. Oh, me? I'm from yeah. Pumpkin Center. There's a lot of 50s and 60s TV shows that have been wiped off the memory because I think they're just unwatchable now. Especially yeah. in the 50s, you know, the old TV cameras where you watch them now and it looks like you're watching it through like a, a dirty aquarium or something, you know, the it's they're hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. They seem to like concave on yes. either uh, end, yeah. Because of the cameras of the time. Yeah. Lisa Liu started her career in Chinese opera as a teenager before the end of the Chinese Civil War brought an end to her artistic and artistic endeavors and saw her emigrate to the United States. She had her first major role in an American film in The Mountain Road in 1960 with James Stewart, later appeared in Rider on a Dead Horse, an episode of Bonanza, and the 1977 horror film Demon Seed. In 2018, at the age of 91, she appeared as the venerated Ama in the box office hit Crazy Rich Asians. She was born on this day in Beijing in 1927. Desi Arnaz Jr. is, of course, the son of sitcom legends Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, making his acting debut on The Lucy Show in the 60s, though his first actual appearance on television was as the baby bump his mother was sporting when they made her character pregnant on the I Love Lucy Show. 
The week he was born, Desi Jr. was featured on the cover of TV Guide with the headline, The $50 Million Baby. He went on to appear on Here's Lucy and the films Marco and Billy, Two Hats. He continued his acting career until the early 90s, making his last screen appearance playing his father in the 1992 film The Mambo Kings. Great soundtrack to that mm-hmm. to that film. Since then, he, yeah, it's a great movie, actually. Um, I, I, remind me, I got to tell you about the time I met uh, Armand Asante. Uh, <laughs> since then, he has, uh, he has toured as a musician presiding over <laughs> the board of directors of the Lucy, Lucy Ball Desiarnes Center in Jamestown, New York, and ran the Boulder Theater in Nevada with his now late wife. He was born on this day in Los Angeles in 1953. Uh, for everyone, that was my typo. It's not that Michael that Marco can't say the word toured. Also, his name <laughs> is Michael you. now. All right. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. We're having uh, quite a day of it, Marco. Oh, man. It's uh, Dolly Parton's birthday. Nothing else matters. No, we're, as long we're, as, we're still bubbly. As long as we did her justice, anyone else on this list, you know, <laughs> pales in comparison. Um, I also loved her quote, I got little feet because nothing grows in the shade. In the shade. Yeah. I, may be a, I may be a bumpkin, but I'm a smart country bumpkin and also it costs a lot of money to make a person look this cheap okay well i gotta just tell this story one of my favorite stories i've heard about uh dolly parton was on the set of steel magnolias they filmed it in august but the scene took place in the fall or the winter so they were all wearing sweaters and cardigans and they're sitting on the porch and all the talented ladies who were sitting on the porch were kind of bitching about it from julia roberts to daryl hannah to sally field and they noticed that dolly parton wasn't bitching about this so Julia turns to Dolly and says, Dolly, aren't you hot? And she's like, yes. And she's like, aren't you uncomfortable? And she's like, yes. And she's like, well, why aren't you complaining? And she said, you know, I worked so hard to get to this point and this, this point in my career that now that I'm here, I'm not going to complain about it. And it shut those other bitches cold. That's the way Julia does. Julia describes the story, by the way. Yeah. yeah, even though at that point she'd already been like at the top of the business for 20 years yeah. too. So it's yeah. just her general attitude towards things. Yeah. I also don't feel like she gets enough credit for being such a good actor as she is. Usually because that's what happens when you play roles that are tailored sort of to your persona. But right. um, when you watch her 9 to 5, she's got a lot of raw talent. And you can tell it's her first movie because she's a tiny bit awkward technically. But yeah. by the time you get to Seal Magnolias, you have someone who's a full-on natural in front of the camera. And it's almost totally. a shame she didn't make more movies. Um, and how great is it that she was like, I'll do 9 to 5 only if I can write the song. And oh, I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, you do it. Yeah. Which she composed because she was clicking her fingernails on her desk one day, and it sounded like a typewriter. And that's how she came up with the song. Damn straight. Mm-hmm. Well, back to other people celebrating a birthday today. Here's another legend who I've always loved. Jean Stapleton worked as a secretary before success came to her as an actress, making her New York stage debut in the Corn is Green in 1948, before appearing in the Broadway musicals Damn Yankees and Bells Are Ringing, roles which she repeated in the film versions of both of those shows. She also appeared in Rhinoceros and co-starred with Barbara Streisand on stage in Funny Girl. In 1971, she scored the role on television that has made her name eternal, as the screechy-voiced Edith Bunker on All in the Family, for which she won two Golden Globe Awards and three Emmys. She followed it with the films Eleanor, First Lady of the World, The Buddy System, and the show Baghdad Cafe. In her later years, she made guest appearances on Murphy Brown, Grace Under Fire, and Caroline in the City, and in 1998 played a small role in Nora Ephron's You've Got Mail. She was born on the stay in Manhattan in 1923 and died in 2013 at the age of 90. One of the things I loved best about her, Bill, is she was on a talk show or something one time, and they were like, uh, Jean, can you do some Edith for us? And she was like, no, 
I get paid to do that. Yeah. And I'm Good not doing her. that here. And I was kind of like, I hate it when people like are like, can you do that role that oh, you yeah. do on television? And it's like, like uh, I have, on, on in the actor studio with James Lipton, where he's like, do we have Stewie Griffin with us here tonight? Yeah. <laughs> and you expect and it's like, to you've got to realize these actors get lines and they execute those lines in a very hilarious way. And if they're yeah. not improvisers, for them to just come up with shit on the spot. Yeah, but even if they fair. are improvisers, improvising comes from like being in the bright situation. These yeah. people are like, you can't treat people like uh, performing monkeys. You don't just poke them yeah. and then they play you a song. Totally. It's like when well, people speak- say to me, oh, you're funny. Tell me a joke. I'm like, fuck yeah. off. That's my joke. <laughs> exactly. <basically> joke. <laughs> oh, you're a dentist. Can you perform some root canal for me? <laughs> if I meet people uh, that say they're doctors, I don't ask them for advice on anything. I wait until I make an appointment. Exactly. Okay. Well, speaking of dancing monkeys, uh, <laughs> Michael Crawford starred on Broadway in black comedy and was spotted by producer Roger Edens, who cast him in the 1969 film version of Hello, Dolly, co-starring Barbara Streisand. He made a number of films since, but it is is better known for his stage career, which has included the shows Barnum and the magnificently successful Phantom of the Opera, for which he won a Tony and Olivier Award. He was awarded an OB, an OBE, in 1987. Uh, the Queen's birthday honors list for his service to drama. As well, he was elevated to CBE uh, uh, in the year 2014. He was born on this day where a place where the stakes aren't as great as they claim to be in Salisbury, England in 1942. I wonder if it does come from there. I we, When we were there, um, Amanda and I were like, we got to get a steak. We got to find a steak. And we had it and we're like, meh. Had you never had a Salisbury steak anywhere else? And they're always meh. So it was kind of like, all That's right. That's what I was going to say. Uh, it's, yeah. I can't imagine that. I mean, I don't like a Salisbury steak in general. So yeah. Yeah. Larry Clark is a director best known for his controversial films investigating the real lives of young people, beginning with his shocking 1995 film Kids, which I still have never seen, which he which followed the success of his best-selling book of photography, Tulsa. He followed Kids with Another Day in Paradise, Bully, and Ken Park. His most recent film was Marfa Girl, Marfa Girl 2 in 2018. He was born on this day in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1943. The great thing about our next celebrant is that you and I are not going to have a deep dive about ballet on this one. Uh, (laughs) Vianne Cox is an actress and former ballet dancer who studied at Washington Studio Theater before her Broadway debut in Smile in 1986. She earned a Tony nomination for Sondheim's Company and appeared in the public theater's production of Caroline or Change. On film, she has played roles in Aaron Brockovich, Two Weeks Notice, and Marcy X. On television, she's appeared on Pan Am, Smash, and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We also won't do a deep dive on that. You can hear that in an upcoming show with Amanda and Bill. She was born on this day in Norfolk, Virginia in 1963. You can go back to previous, like five other shows where Amanda and I talk about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, She's the one in Aaron Brockovich where um, she says we got off on the wrong foot and Julie Roberts says, that's all you got, lady. Two wrong feet and ugly fucking shoes. (laughs) We already have the E rating for this show. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Did you like like Aaron Brockovich? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it's so great. That's Julia at her finest. And I would argue that what's his name was great in it, too. Um, uh, Aaron Eckhart. That guy. 
the, no, the guy who plays her boss. Oh, um, Albert Finney, of course. Yeah, he was, yeah. and he's fantastic and everything. But yeah. I was like, oh, he's great in this. Yeah. Anyway, fantastic. Yeah. Javier Camara is a Spanish actor who became a star in his home country with his performance in the Oscar-nominated Pedro Almodovar masterpiece "Talk to Her" in 2002. He appeared in Almodovar's Bad Education two years later, co-starred with Viggo Mortensen in A la Triste, and in the romantic comedy Chef's Special. More recently, he was on Narcos, The New Pope, and this year appears in The People Upstairs. He was born on this day in Albelda de Iregua, Spain, in 1967. Is there a language you cannot pronounce, Bill? It seems like oh, every yeah. language that comes your way, you like you nail. Uh, well, that's because you can't tell the difference. I'm sure there's a <laughs> Spanish speaker out there who's like, okay there, buddy. Yeah. Listen. All right. Speaking of Spanish speakers, Paul Rodriguez is an actor and singer whose parents immigrated to California where he grew up. He began performing stand-up comedy in L.A.'s comedy story while working as a doorman there, which eventually led to his getting the role on the short-lived sitcom Gloria with Sally Struthers. He made appearances in the films Trial and Error, born in East L.A. and Grand Slam, appeared on the ep- on an episode of The Golden Girls. Do you remember that episode, Bill? Yes, I do. He sings Guantanamera while shaking their bed with his foot. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> and has released a number of very successful comedy specials. He was born on this day in Culiacan, Sinaloa, the free state in Mexico in 1955. Sinaloa. Oh, thank you. And I wrote Comedy Story. It's Comedy Store. That's my mistake. Okay. Yeah. Yes, he's the uh, episode where they go on that vacation that they thought was great because of the brochure, and then they get there and it's an absolute dump. Yep. And he, and runs, like, the, yeah. he runs the hotel. Yeah, that's great. Hope everyone's looking forward to our Golden Girls podcast. All right. <clears throat> okay. Rainer Shine is a character actor whose face you won't forget, making his most famous appearances in the early 90s in My Cousin Vinny, Fried Green Tomatoes, and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. He continued to play notable roles until Steven Spielberg's Lincoln in 2012, after which he retired. He was born Rainer Johnston on this day in Emporia, Virginia in 1942. And that guy had a face. Had a That's face. all I'm going to say. Yeah. All you got to say. He always played that face. type. He always played like uh, yep. Southern uh, goofy types. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, rounding off our list today is Janice Lynn Joplin, who was born on this day in 1943. She was an American singer, songwriter who sang rock, soul, and blues music. One of the most successful and widely known rock stars of her era, she was noted for her powerful mezzo-soprano vocals and electric stage presence. She appeared at the Woodstock Festival and the Festival Express train tour. Five singles by Joplin reached the Billboard Hot 100, including a cover of Chris Christopherson's song, Me and Bobby McGee, which reached number one in March of 1971. Her most popular songs include her cover versions of Peace of My Heart, of course, Cry Baby, Ball and Change, and Summertime. Her original song, Mercedes Benz, was her final recording. Joplin died of an accidental heroin overdose in 1970 at the age of 27 after releasing three albums. A fourth album, Pearl, was released in January 1971, just over three months after her death. It reached number one on the Billboard charts. She was posthumously included into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, inducted, I should say, in 1995. Yep. And that's uh, January 19th, otherwise known as Dolly Parton's birthday. Dolly Parton Day. St. Dolly. Uh, You know, it's funny. When they asked um, Barack Obama, President Obama, why he didn't give 
uh, Dolly Parton a Presidential Medal of Freedom, I think it's called, right? Mm-hmm. That big yep. medal. And he's like, he goes, it was the one mistake of my presidency. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So and there you go. So this one goes out to all those wonderful children out there who get a free book every month because of Dolly Parton's charity. Over a million books have been given. I think it's over she's, a billion, actually. It's oh, quite, sorry, it's quite a lot, yeah. And she's put a number of kids all the way through university in her hometown. She has done so much. And if you don't know about her, read, watch, listen is all I have to say. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Bill, we'll see more of you, or at least we'll hear more of you on <laughs> tomorrow's show, question mark. I'll still be singing Dolly Parton songs, Marco. All right, well, we'll see you then. See you then.